0: Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for
1: the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly.
0: I keep saying the mantra of 2017 on Western New York Catholic Weekly seems to be This is not a political program, but it's hard to ignore the news cycle in many ways because many of the things that are coming up uh, in the media and on the news and and that you're hearing about, especially in social media – you know, the the church has positions on and that, you know, um, uh, there are issues that we need to address as both a culture but also as a church. And one of those certainly since the beginning of the year, really since last year, has been immigration. It's been a hot-button topic. Um, Immigration, refugees, etc. We're going to kind of talk about all of that today on the program with one of our go-to guests, Deacon Don Weigel. Deacon Don, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Greg. Good to be with you. Uh, of course, you're one of our go-to guests because you are a columnist on these very issues yes, in the yes. Western New York Catholic every month. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So it, um, we like to have you in when we have things like this to kind of just get, okay, so what's the church perspective on this? Um, So immigration, and this is one of those shows where we really don't have an agenda today. I think we want to kind of just hash out, okay, what are we hearing in the news and what does the church say about that stuff? Sure. um, You know, all we get are sound bites, I think, and and there's no discussion about these issues. And if there is, it's so slanted to one particular perspective that it's hard to kind of – you know, as we like to say in the church, form our consciences on this stuff. So let's try to do that a little bit today. So um, I'll start with a real broad. Um, When we say immigration as as an issue on the public agenda, what are we really talking about? It's a good
1: place to start because when we – when we talk about these, and you're right about the sound bites, it, it, it always comes down to little phrases and catchphrases of what things are, uh, you know. But we even don't stop sometimes to think about there's a difference between migrants, immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers. Uh, these are all categories, and sometimes they get technical. But sometimes we have to just pay attention. There's you know there's a difference. You know, a, a migrant is anybody who moves from basically where they live to another place for some period of time away from their home for some purpose, okay? Typically work, you know, so we we think about migrant workers who come from, some country, you know Central America or South America or Mexico, to come and harvest crops. those are migrant workers, so and people, we have a lot in western New York we do we have a ton, especially right. you know in the Rochester diocese at the eastern part of the Buffalo Diocese. Right. We have some wonderful people ministering to them, and those are those are migrants now immigrants are a little are kind of a subcategory of people who move to another country away from their home country for the with the intention of permanently living in that new place. Um, <clears throat> migrants, not so much. They come, they do a job, and they go back. They always consider their other place home. Immigrants come and want to be a part of the new place. There's a special category of immigrants that are refugees. Refugees are people that are leaving uh, their country, their country of home or country of origin for purposes of um, getting rid of armed, uh, you know, fleeing some armed conflict or persecution. And it's a special designation by the United Nations. It's not just looking at somebody and saying that's a refugee.
0: Uh, Trevor uh, You mentioned armed conflict. That's certainly the, the most prominent one um, like the case of the uh, Ethiopian famine. When, exactly. when that was going on, the same situation same, even though it wasn't a, that's right, wasn't necessarily a military. Wasn't necessarily a military. Right. Some right. kind of right. persecution,
1: some kind of dire consequences right. that forced them gotcha. out of out of their home. Um, you know, and so, and so classically, we've even talked about um, the different factors that influence people to move from their home, from their country of origin. And sociologists have always talked about uh, push factors and pull factors. And I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind when we talk, you, you know, when we talk in, in just a moment perhaps about what the church has taught about these. Uh, you know, the push factors are the things that people experience in their home country that push them out, um, you know, where there is no uh, a persecution, you know, of some sort or some kind of violence, uh, where there are no jobs or there's, you know, there's start Ethiopia, you know, where... Problems there in the the Sudan, you know, all of these places where the things um, where the people are experiencing famine, natural disasters, any lack of opportunity. Those are all push factors. Pull factors have to do with not the country of origin for these folks, but the place where they're trying to go. So that you know, people are looking at a place, uh, different places, you know, safer, uh, more stable a land of opportunity. Maybe mm-hmm. there's better wages. Maybe there's better food availability. Maybe their family is there, you know, and they want to move to be be with the re, uh, the rest of their family. Their family has gone and they're following. So, so
0: in our case, the American dream.
1: The American right. dream in many cases. Sure. That's right. right. You know, where all the streets are lined yeah, with gold sure. and all that Good. kind of yes. stuff. And sure. Everybody since, you know, I mean, we are, um, all the bishops have, have reminded us over and over again that we're a nation of immigrants, No, you know, except for the Native Americans, you know, European settlements, uh, you know, places from uh, people from all kinds, people who were forcibly brought here from Africa, you know, as slaves. Everyone in the United States traces their lineage, uh, except for Native Americans, back to someone who came here from their home. You know, and that's why the bishops remind us constantly that, um, you know that we're a nation of immigrants, and 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 then, uh, just to follow up on that, when they talk about us being a nation of immigrants, they always always remind us of a couple of quotes in scripture that uh, that reminded the um, the Israel nation. Um, that they were a nation of immigrants, you know. In, in, in Exodus, um, in the twentieth chapter of Exodus, you, um, you hear in the in the words of God, "You shall not oppress an alien or afflict a resident alien, because you were aliens, you yourselves, right, residing because... in, in Egypt." Yeah. And uh, you know, in, Levit- in the Levitical, wall, uh, Levitical law, there's um, you know the same kind of the same kind of command that you uh, that you treat uh, an alien who resides with you no differently than the natives born among you because you yourself were an alien. And, you know, that's why the bishops constantly call us to that remembrance of our own heritage.
0: Okay, Deacon Don Weigel is our guest. We're talking about immigration today on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Um, let me, as you're talking about um, migrants, I, uh, it made me think about an uh, interview I did years back. In fact, I should probably dig it out. Um, also, a news story of a different kind. You may have heard about the uh, um, end of the Ringling Brothers, Barnum yes, and right, Bailey right. circus. I had the great pleasure years back of interviewing Father Jerry Hogan. who was the circus chaplain, probably the the guy who ministers most to circus performers in the United States. Right. A migrant population. Right. They really have no roots. They're, you know, um, in many ways akin to almost the gypsy lifestyle where they go from place to place on the road, you know, performing their craft in front of people. Right. Um, So – That's leading me, actually, believe it or don't, into my the next thing I wanted to ask you. Um, so we don't really—it's uh, broader than anyone realizes. I mean, we're we're not yes. just talking about um, just to pull one of those sound bites out the wall in Mexico, Okay. Right. And uh, you know, people coming from Mexico over the border or whatever else. There's a lot of issues at play here. So yeah. Uh, so let me ask you: Why do you think? It's such a hot button now, outside of the election cycle and the, the president bringing it up, or, or whatever the case may be. But um, they wouldn't be bringing it up if it wasn't an issue. Yes. Right. Correct. So correct.
1: What seems to be the issue presently? I, you know, I think I think on a on a global on a global basis, one of the things that has happened, uh, probably in the recent past, is that we have. More and more, I think, become aware of just everything that goes on in the whole world. And if you look at the situation, you know there there are estimates that somewhere between two hundred and three hundred million people on the Earth currently are migrants and immigrants moving from one place to another. Now, just picture that—yeah—of <laughs> a couple hundred million people moving. From place to So place. roughly
0: the population of the United States. Correct. Right? Everyone
1: who li- – right. Exactly. <laughs> roughly the population of the United States in the world moving from place to place. Yeah. And of those, the, the estimates are like 25 million of them or so are refugees. And, and that's another, you know, just a mind-boggling number. And, and I think that what happens is that it becomes – you know, we hear about it and we see – we're more aware of it. On and on, and we 're just not sure exactly what to do about it. it you know the the reality is that this has been an issue that has gone on the, the, just in immigration um, you go you go back to um, the the, camp, the um, uh, back to when president uh, george w bush was was president there was there was some hopefulness that the United states would Reform our immigration laws because everyone agrees that they're broken. The bishops have been saying this. And in 2003, they issued this marvelous document. The U.S. bishops together with the Mexican bishops issued this document called Strangers No Longer, Together on the Journey of Hope. And they got together and said, well, you know, what can we say as a church, particularly speaking to – Central America, Mexico and Central America and the United States and our relation about that issue of back and forth across the border. Um, and there was some hope that they would be able to add to the conversation of um, – about you know about immigration and, and reforming immigration. Well, that never went anywhere, the immigration reform. Ten years later in 2013, um, after he was elected the second time, President Obama said that he – you know, his kind of goal was health care in, you know, in his first term. His, he was setting a goal in his second term for uh, immigration reform. And people may remember this famous gang of eight, this bipartisan group of senators. Uh, Senator Schumer was on that. Rubio was on that. Uh, Dick Durbin, Lindsey Graham, John McCain. You know, this high-powered group that was coming together as bipartisans to reform immigration and it fell apart again you know and so we keep looking and playing with trying to reform immigration we definitely know that that especially in our country and especially with you know the kinds of things that are that are going on around the world refugees coming in trying to resettle i think it's just become a hot button issue for people to um, to just make a little bit of a political football with, you know, because it's, it's easy. It, you know, it's, it's easy to point to um, immigrants and, and just think about for a moment in my mind the, the, the feeling that people get when you say those words and how they might have thought about them, let's say, 50 years ago. When you say the word immigrant these days, I think – that it has more of a pejorative sense than it used to. I think that it has more of a negative connotation, or it, or it somehow brings up negative feelings that it didn't used to fifty years ago. You know, and I think I think there's a there's a little bit of um, you know trying to I don't want to say blame blame is probably too strong, but I think there's you know a little bit of trying to locate problems that we're having in our country
0: on the back of, of an immigration problem. We all want kind of an an easy solution and we want to be able to say this is – There it is. This is the problem. There it is, right. right? I mean that's a, it's a natural tendency. Right. Thanks for being with us on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. Western New York Catholic columnist De- Deacon Don Weigel joins us and we are talking about one of those uh, justice issues that he writes about immigration today on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Uh, before the break – Um, You were talking about how even just the word immigrant maybe has a a different sense. And I want to talk about maybe why that is. One thing, of course, is that now um, after the major waves of immigrants – to the United States, let's say late 1800s, early 1900s, et cetera. We are now three and four generations into being in the United States, many of us. Right. Okay? Right. Um, So you start, right, as you you go into a new place, doesn't matter where it is, a new job, a new neighborhood, a new country, you start to think, I'm kind of the new guy, Right. right? Well, most people, groups of people are no longer the new guy in the United States. That's right. Right? That's right. Yep. And we tend to forget that we were the new guy once too. So that's just one reason. But there's probably several more why we feel – there. why there's this certain feeling about immigrants and immigration.
1: And, and you're right. It, it comes to – and, you know, as evidence of that, think about our own diocese and think about, um, you know, in the – Relatively recent past, maybe, you know, in terms of <laughs> history, you know, 100 years ago, 80 years ago. Sure. And, and you look at the city of Buffalo and the churches that we had and there was – this was the German Catholic church, not, you know. Sure. I mean it was Roman Catholic
0: church. Across the
1: street at St. Louis. Uh, right. Here at the Catholic church. Exactly. And, and so you had – and these uh, – same thing was true about the schools, right? We had Catholic schools. Uh, that kind of catered to neighborhoods of uh, Italian immigrants, polish immigrants, German immigrants, uh, to help them acclimate you know into their new country and stuff, well, part of the reason why those those schools are gone and those parishes have have dwindled is because those, as you point out, those folks have now enculturated themselves into the society. And so they are no longer the new guy. There's, they are what they consider to be the Americans, right? And so new people coming in, you know, it's tough to break. It's tough to break in. So, you know, the waves tend to be um, that people are coming to our country from um, other countries that are less developed than the countries that we came from currently are you know when when people came here from Germany, they were coming here because um, Germany was obviously a, a country that had a a long history of culture and 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 everything, so it wasn't an undeveloped country, but they were experiencing problems. there were both push and pull factors that right. brought yeah, them absolutely. to our shores po- potato famines in Ireland, persecution in Eastern Europe, you know all those things. Um, once you're here and you establish you know yourselves here. And waves of different people come in, you know, it's – this is why Pope Francis always talks about encounter and welcoming the stranger. He said one time when we were back in the year of mercy last year when he was talking about the most difficult corporal work of mercy, he said, was welcoming the stranger. Um, You know, and there's there's some real deep insight to that because – um, you know, you can you can work at a food pantry. You can distribute clothing. You can those are you visit the sick. But welcoming the stranger means that you really kind of have to get out of yourself. Yeah, y- you really have to. Um, you know, that's a that's a much more difficult process than it is. It calls for real conversion. You know, and so, but that's what we're called to. That's what we're called to is welcoming that stranger, encountering these people. They're, they are different. They have different cultures. They have different languages. Sometimes they have, th- and so these differences kind of stand in the way of of an easy
0: welcome into our country. And, I, and that's really where I wanted to end up here on the show today. Is so, what does the church say about immigration? About refugees? Actually, um, Pope Francis had some things to say last month about migrants specifically. He did. So I mean that you know. Um, in the church, th- these are issues that are important to the Catholic Church. Very important, and for a
1: host of reasons. Uh, um, I'd like to point everybody to a couple of to a couple of places. One uh, <clears throat> one place to look um, is the U.S. Bishops have a website, justiceforimmigrants.org. Okay, JusticeForImmigrants dot org under the Catholics. It is the teaching. Of the U.S. Bishop, so it's it's church teaching, um, and within that, and so there's opportunities to learn about things. There's also opportunities to take action. They always have opportunities for people to send an email or make a phone call to your representative, your senator, the the president, um, and the other place. If if people are ambitious, the other place that I would send them is the document "Strangers No Longer," um, because they it's a you know it's not a uh, it's not like a book; <laughs> it's not quite that long, um, but there are a couple of magnificent passages in there. Um, one of the things that they do is they they lay out five principles uh, based on scriptures and Catholic social teaching that guide what the Church uh, does, and we could do a whole no, hour on yes. that. But <laughs> but just you know, but just uh, very briefly, uh, for example, uh, persons have the right to find opportunities in their homeland, okay? So that, that's when we talk about how God has created the earth for everyone, that it ought to be the case that people can have opportunities in their homeland. If that's not the case, they have the right to migrate to support themselves and their families. If, if there is un- injustice or something in their homeland that prevents them, they have the right to migrate. On the other hand, nations have the right to control their borders. It's um, – you know, the church recognizes that, um, that individual sovereign nations have the right to choose who comes in and who doesn't with the stipulation, <laughs> with the stipulation that, um, that the control is, is not only for maintaining the wealth of the country. Okay. If it's just – to keep things, to keep us from spending more or to keep us from sharing, then that's not legitimate to, you know, that we're called to share all goods with, with everybody. Uh, you know, the, the fourth principle is that refugees and asylum seekers should be given special protection and most importantly, what underlies all of that is that the human dignity and the human rights of undocumented migrants should be, should be respected. Um, you know, in, in some of the some of the recent flurry of executive orders and and you know changes in how the Department of Homeland Security and and uh, ICE and everybody treats uh, undocumented folks when they find them, um, <clears throat> there's a possibility that there can be some um, prosecution of organizations like the Catholic Church that are ministering to undocumented aliens. So if you have so if you have a food pantry, it's a possibility that you have a food pantry that is helping people who are undocumented because they're not asking questions; they're just giving out whatever people come and say they want. There's a possibility that they can be prosecuted for that. So, you know, the church has a call to um, to uphold their rights and their dignity. Um, you know, regardless of regardless of their legal status, you know the church. We look less at the legal status of people, and we look more at the fact that every person, moment of conception to moment of natural death, has an infinite inherent dignity granted by God, pure and
0: simple, and you just start from there. And I, you know, I definitely do want to get in on your uh, third point there about. We have a right to protect our borders and we – I just think it needs to be said. We don't need to go into it in detail but we got a pretty long intensive system already in we place, do. right? We
1: do. We have – I mean it's – you know nobody – there's something called a visa waiver program. 38 countries around the world. If you're a citizen of that country, France for example, you can come in the United States without getting a visa or anything else. Um, but that's it. Just those thirty-eight countries. Every place else, you either have to come in as a refugee, you have to get a waiver, you, or you have to get a visa. You have to, you know, fill out applications. You have to wait to come in. You know, a whole a whole bunch of um, people coming in legally do not come in. You know, just walk right in right. to our to our country. And refugees, there's a two-year process for vetting refugees that we already have. So it's a whole. It's another whole show. (laughs) It's another whole case. Yes, indeed it is. But, you know, it's it's similar to what the church teaches. It's similar to what the church teaches about private property. You know, we, we acknowledge the right for people to own their property with the stipulation that they have to understand that the property that they own has been given to them for the benefit of everyone, not just for your own personal benefit All goods are the ownership of everyone around the world. It's called the universal destination of goods. You know, solid church teaching that, yes, you have the right to claim that this is yours, but you also have the obligation, the responsibility
0: to use it for the benefit of others. And that is a place where in our human nature that gets tricky. Very hard very yeah. hard to look at yeah. it that way. Which is another whole show probably.
1: That's right. Exactly. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, so I think we will wrap that up here then. Again, there, there's more we can talk about. I'm sure we will probably as the year goes on. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you're going to expect emails and phone calls Absolutely. from uh, our office down yep. here just as you do from the Western New York Catholic newspaper.
1: Yep. So, and, and, and I'd also like people to Google uh, Pope Francis's um, address back in the, I think it was February 21st or something. To um, there was a forum on migration and peace, yeah. and read what he said there. It's that's definitely not long. That's like three pages. It's it is so clear, so concise, so beautifully written. Um, yes, just Google Pope Francis migrants migration and peace February 2017 something like that. Um, he just says some marvelous things that I think are just inspiring and very spiritual about
0: our, what our attitudes ought to be. Yeah, and of course, the Catholic bishops' uh, information on uh, immigration. Uh, that website again? Justiceforimmigrants.org. Terrific. Deacon Don Weigel, columnist with the Western New York Catholic and frequent guest here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Thanks for coming in and maybe at least, like, addressing this, if not clearing some things up for us.
1: Sure. Well, that's great. And if anybody has questions for me, Deacon Don at
0: gmail.com. Feel, feel free to send me an email. He likes column ideas, folks. He's, I do he's indeed. he got to come up with something
1: every month. <laughs> every month.
0: <laughs> we got to come up with something every week. If you'd like to hear those shows, they're on our podcast page. Uh, Wnycatholic.org slash radio can also be found at buffalodiocese.org under news and information. Appropriate place for it. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week.
1: You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.